0: You're listening to the Pastor to Pastor Podcast, brought to you by the 6-4 Fellowship, pastors committed to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Today we bring you a special edition podcast with three of our 6-4 Fellowship leaders as they discuss the current state of our nation. Each of them provide a unique perspective based on their ministry and life experience. We hope this gospel-centered conversation will be of help to you as you seek to build Christ-honoring unity in your own ministry and community. we want to welcome you to a special edition to the pastor to pastor podcast brought to you by the six four fellowship uh, where pastors are committed to prayer in the ministry of the word uh, my name is justin jepson i serve as the director of spiritual uh, formation programs at the university of northwestern in saint paul and i'm joined here today uh, by fellow six four pastors wilton the and marco david uh, let me tell you just a little bit about each of them uh, pastor wilton Uh, served 25 years as a corrections officer um, in the New York Department of Corrections and as well as a former first responder, hostage negotiator, correction academy instructor, and investigator for the Department of Corrections. And he's now the pastor of Gospel Grace Tabernacle in Queens, New York. Pastor Marco is a former Chicago police officer, the father of four sons who are also serving as Chicago police officers, and he now serves as the pastor of Midwest church midwest bible church in chicago illinois so brothers i want to thank you so much for joining uh today to talk about uh the state of our nation A lot of the recent murder of george floyd and all the numerous other stories that led up uh to this breaking point really grateful for your time and uh for your voice and perspective uh during this vital hour um in our nation and so i i'd love to begin uh just by hearing from each of you uh how these events are impacting you personally uh, your families, and your churches. And uh, Wilton, let's, uh, let's begin with you. Um, as a, a Black pastor, uh, pastoring a predominantly Black congregation, uh, what's the general narrative that's coming forth from your cog- cognizance right now? And um, how, are they, how are you processing all of this along with them?
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, if I can just read something from one of the youth from Grace Gospel Tabernacle, and the title is called Tired. 1619 to 2020, and person has wrote Tired. And if I can say in reference to um, Grace Gospel Tabernacle, um, people are tired, people are angry. I think this is um, the normal reaction when something so hideous has happened and it's right in front of you for you to see over and over and over and over again. Um, my son is angry. My son is 18 years old, African-American. He's about 6'5". And there's been numerous of times that he has been pulled over by police officers just frisked for no reason. I will give him no um, explanation about um, what, you know, why they're doing it, why we're doing this to you. You know, but by me being a former, um, you know, correction officer, I have talked to him many a times, and, and almost like teaching him how to respond to the um, police officers if they're trying to do something to him. So you know, um, you know, this anger. Um, some people are afraid. Some people are scared um, because you know if they don't know what's going to happen. You know, am I going to be next? And and even. Um, While this issue with George Floyd was happening, we are still seeing on the news, um, on the radio, in the newspapers, people are putting on Facebook that there's still police brutality, even in the midst, um, you know, of of what's going on now. So how are we dealing with it? Sorry. We're having discussions. We're talking about it. Um, You know, we're looking at the problem. You know, we're trying to come up with solutions. And so the best thing to do is to talk. Um, and I just let people talk freely. I'm angry. I want to do this. I want to throw something. I want to hurt somebody. And then you, you, you let them ventilate, but then you have to bring it back to scripture. What is God saying? Because the word of God says, hey, you know, um, you can get angry, but don't sin. But if you don't let people um, express, or as we say in counseling, ventilate, then what's going to happen is, um, if it stays in, then when they go outside, that's when they're going to release it and it's not going to be in a controlled environment. And, you know, they're not going to be thinking when they do that, it's going to be just pure rage because after a while you get tired and it's almost like a bully. You know, if you're going to school and a bully is doing something to you after a while, you're going to say, you know what, bully enough is enough mm-hmm. and you're going to turn and you're probably going to fight that bully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that pastor Walton. It's, uh, uh, such a, for me, the posture that I've been really taking and encouraged to have with you two brothers is just to listen and to learn and to learn how to lament and to not try to interpret another's experiences, but to truly feel it and to come alongside and, and weep and grief, um, but those that are hurting, um, definitely a lot more could be shared, I'm sure. Um, but, I uh, would love to hear as well. Just kind of similar question from you, uh, from you, uh, Pastor Marco, what's the the general narrative that's coming forth from, from your people right now and pastoring in Chicago in a very multi-ethnic church. How are, how are you and how are, uh, your congregation processing all this?
2: I'm thankful to be here. Honored to be able to join both of you and have this conversation. I too, uh, I'm here mainly to, to learn. I want, I want to learn. I want, I want to receive wisdom. I want to pray with you mm. about how, how to shepherd the church there, during a time as this. And so my, my ears are open. My heart is open. Uh, I'm uh, sorry for the, uh, the interruptions. I had to move away from the screen here a couple of times. My doorbells is ringing. My dog keeps barking. So I apologize for that. Um, but you know the general the general narrative uh, is that our people, uh, our church, was appalled by what they saw mm-hmm. uh, on that video when the officer uh, had his neck on Mister Mister Floyd. Uh, it was, they were horrified seeing that that image of how he was uh, so tragically and brutally uh, killed. My wife, uh, she she wept. Uh, she she can't she can't see that image anymore. It, it, it's it's um, it, it's too it's too too painful for her to see that. And um, so the general narrative is that uh, our people are appalled, they're horrified, they're saddened uh, by the humane actions of. Of Officer Chauvin and, and the other officers, also, that were uh, responsible for his uh, for his death. Uh, our people are also uh, uh, horrified too by, by the lawlessness that resulted, not the peaceful protests, but but the law the lawlessness that that, that followed, and uh, fearful too. We, we've had a lot of things going on here in, in Chicago uh, that that caused our, our people to be fearful as well. And uh, I, I heard Pastor Wilton say, say earlier that that he's busier now than ever during uh, this season, uh, even though our churches are not open yet, but, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I'm busy uh, on the phone, praying with uh, our, our, our church on the phone and, mm-hmm. and um, just trying to answer questions and uh, praying with other pastors, uh, you know, one of the one of the blessings that I'm grateful for that's come out of this is that our church has a greater sense of urgency to pray.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I think that that's something that, as a church, and I believe all, a lot of churches are experiencing the same thing. But we have to capitalize on that and try to maintain that momentum of prayer because we know that if God's going to move mightily in this season, it's going to start with our churches. Mm-hmm. Praying and seeking mm-hmm. God's face like never before, and mm-hmm. so I'm grateful uh, that there's a greater urgency to pray uh, mm-hmm. for for our nation. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a uh, not only a greater urgency to pray, but a desperation that the church needs to be a light in mm-hmm. this in this time. Mm-hmm. And so we we're, we're praying a lot about that uh, mm-hmm. as well.
3: Mhm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for so many of us there's we don't have words huh, to be able to to know how to process, to know how to describe, to know how to speak into this and how vital and crucial it is to go to the throne of grace, right? And to and to go there um with that sense of urgency and with that sense of desperation and I've been reminded and reflecting um you know this past week on how God's throne is a throne of grace, but it says in Numerous places, one of which Psalm eighty-nine, fourteen, it says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's only through God's grace and the united prayer effort of God's people going there that we're going to see that release of righteousness and justice through the hands and feet of, mm-hmm. of His people. Um, but I, I, but it's important to be able to to hear, to, to ventilate, to use your word, uh, Pastor Wilton. And I just wanted to return uh, back to you for a brief moment. Um, just before we dialogue around another uh, kind of another f- facet of this uh, of this conversation, which you had a piece from one of your from somebody uh, from a youth in your congregation. And yes. it was and it was tired. Would you be mm-hmm. able to read um, read that? Was that is it, is it a, a poem, a letter or whatever format it's in?
1: I'm just going to read some of it. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you for the opportunity. And it's titled Tired. 1619 to 2020, in parentheses, been tired. It says, as the youth of the black community, we are the future. This fight will continue until we have justice. I speak for all. That's all who were tired. Tired of the police brutality. Tired of the racism. Tired of white people thinking it's okay to shoot. African-Americans because they feel threatened by the color of their skin. I don't want to live in fear that one day me or my family members won't make it back home due to the color of our skin. Many of us, many of us need to start speaking up. None of us want to continue living this way. We need to make a change. Our voice won't be left unheard anymore. Tell all my brothers and sisters, let them hear you. I hear you. Thank you for
0: sharing that. Um, um, that's really powerful. Um, and I think that really, that speaks, you know, it uh, gives us a window in, I think, to, 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 to what's really, you know, going on um, beneath the surface of all this. And it's, you know, as we are in a, in a global pandemic of the coronavirus, um this is all the more surfaced, the cultural pandemic um, of racism, of injustice, of discrimination that's been happening for centuries um, in in our, in our country. And um, I'd love to hear from both of you again, just from each of your own unique perspectives um, and just maybe Wilton from um, from that poem tired um, that you just read. I mean, maybe just to begin with, with, with you, again, your perspective, as an African-American and, 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 the, and pa- as a pastor and your, your experience as a corrections officer, what's, what's the problem for the underlying problem here? And what what is the solution? Not that there's an easy answer to this, but um, what is it though that you would really want the church to understand as what's the true problem? What's the true pathway of, of a, a solution during this time? <laughs>
1: you know I, you know i have to say you know i'm not an expert on this and there's just so many different ways that we can go you know if you go biblically we know that racism is a byproduct of sin we know that so people talk about social injustice social injustice is because of racism and racism is because of sin because of sin we have racism because of racism we have social injustice uh, I mean that there has to be a multitude of things that need to be done to conquer this virus. You know, you know, it's so funny we we have this coronavirus, and this act is so grievous that people saying, you know, what it doesn't matter even if I catch the coronavirus, I still have to go out and protest because this killing was basically the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking to my congregation. I'm talking to my wife. I'm talking for my son. I'm talking to other young men. Um, there's a multitude of problems that yeah, got. Brothers, it's not just police brutality. It's political issues with racism and discrimination. We got social issues with racism and discrimination. We have economic issues with racism and discrimination. Uh, you know, um, medical care. I mean, it's, you know, even in churches, we have racism. I mean, so this racism and discrimination, it is a pandemic in itself. It's been going on for 400 years for the African-American community. Mm-hmm. And it, it just doesn't have one arm. It's its almost like an octopus. It has multiple arms. There, there's multiple layers of this. So it's 400 years. There's no quick fix. This thing is going to take time. And just like the the, um, the word that we're saying now, the systemic racism, we're talking about a system. Mm-hmm. So the same way that this system um, was made up or, you know, um, you know, put on the African-American community, it's going to take time for the system to be dismantled. Mm-hmm. That's something that's going to happen overnight. This is 400 years. And we can look at things that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King did until now these things are still going on. So it's going to be conversations that it it must be ongoing. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't sweep it under the carpet anymore. Why? Because this is a a global problem. Mm -hmm. It's not just a problem in America. Everybody all over the world is rioting and they're protesting. This is a global issue. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to take time. It's going to take leadership. It's going to take um, strategic intervention. Um, People have to be patient because it's not going to happen overnight. And let me just reiterate this. Even in the midst of the George Floyd um, situation, there was still police brutality going on. There was still injustice going on in our community, in our schools, um, in our nation, in society. Um, The the way the African community... Um, African communities are receiving, um, you know, funds, you know, me- medical supplies. I mean, even when it came to the COVID-19, some of the African-American communities was the last one um, to have um, things put in place so we can be tested. I mean, so, I mean, we, we're we going to be talking about this for a very long time.
3: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's such a good word and a reminder, I think this has definitely served as a wake-up call and for, for many and, and, I mean, an unprecedented amount of attention and of uh, really unified involvement, both throughout nationally and globally. And, you know, and, and as you're speaking from that perspective, you know, the African-American community, and then there's, like you said, it's not just about police brutality, but there's certainly... A call for um, a reform within the police departments, you know, um, all, all across the nation. And you know, uh, Pastor Marco, from your perspective as a pastor and former police officer, and four sons serving as police officers right now, um, how do you, uh, how would you dialogue around that in terms of the problem and solution? Knowing that it is multifaceted, but what's maybe one from your perspective? What's another facet of that? And even from that, from that perspective of those that are serving um, in police departments in Chicago and, and all throughout the nation.
2: When I read that that was going to be one of the questions, I, I, I had the same reaction that Pastor Wilton, I'm not an expert. (laughs) And in fact, it kind of scared me. uh, Yeah. uh, Mm. Because I, I I don't have the answers. Uh, I know God does. Mm. And we we've been seeking the Lord's face for wisdom, and um, and one of the reasons I decided to come out was because I wanted to learn. I, I, I if, you're, if if this discussion was going to be about trying to answer those questions, I wanted to be a part <laughs> of it because I want to learn. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I do have a, a few thoughts. Uh, let me first say that before the. Uh, this current crisis I, I was very concerned by by the division and hostility that that exists in our world over politics uh, over how the government's handling the pandemic mm-hmm. I, I was I was very concerned about that it, it's such a divided world such a divided mm-hmm. uh, country and I've been even more concerned uh, that 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 division has been creeping into the church
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I don't just mean the local church I mean the church at large um, just the different views that people have Christians have about politics the, the handling of the pandemic uh, I believe it, it, it's it's creating a lot of division and and I've been really burdened about that mm-hmm. for obvious reasons
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 that uh, that the way the world's going to know that God sent Jesus into the world is by our unity, mm. by the unity that we display, by the love that we display. And we can't be a credible witness for Christ in the world if the church is divided. Mm. And so that, that's been a, a, a burden, something that I've been praying about, seeking wisdom from God about. Mm. And uh, and as we're trying to navigate uh, through that minefield of of the, of the pandemic, the COVID and, 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 uh, the different views about that, when to reopen, how to reopen as, as, our church was navigating through that, we got, we got rocked with, with another, another crisis. And now there's a vision over the very question that you're asking. Uh, yes. you know, what's, what, what is the problem, uh, or the cause? What, what is the problem or the cause? And what is the solution? And, uh, and I think that 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 the disagreement, because there is disagreement within the church, the disagreement over the cause and solution to the societal ills uh, can be a major problem in itself uh, for, for the church. Because mm. we are to be the witness to the world. Mm. A, di- a divided church uh, can't be a credible witness for Christ mm. in the world. Mm. Uh, so With that uh, being said, what is the cause and solution? And I believe the question is, what is the cause and solution to the societal ills of injustice, racism, and lawlessness? And, uh, you know, I believe it's it's an issue of love. It's an issue of love. Uh, Loving God and loving our neighbor. Uh, loving our neighbor uh, I, i've heard it said uh that we we will not truly know how to love until we find that god's love is enough god's love in christ uh, we will not truly know how to love our neighbor unless we find that god's love is uh is enough i heard someone shared uh these words and i'm gonna kind of modify them a little bit because i they really spoke to me and uh, and I think they're, they need to be said today. We need a culture change. We need a culture, culture change to address societal ills, but you can't have a cultural change until you change the culture, of, uh, I'm sorry, until you change the character of mankind.
3: Mm.
2: We need a cultural change, but you can't have a cultural change until you change the character of mankind. And you can't change the character of man until you change the heart. And I don't need to tell you this. Mm -hmm. The only way that a man's heart is going to change is by bowing to Jesus and receiving him as savior and Lord. And, um, and, you know, as I was praying and seeking the Lord Grieving, saddened, appalled, angered as I was seeking the Lord about how, 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 how should our church respond to what's going on in the world? And there's different things that, uh, that I've been thinking, uh, but what I heard uh, clearly from the Lord, and, and, and it's not that it's new revelation, uh, but that is that, that our orders haven't changed. Uh, our orders haven't changed. As, as a church, we're, we're to preach the gospel and make disciples, and it's only the gospel that's going to change the heart of man. Now, uh, today many are are rightly angered. Hmm. Uh, I was angry. My wife was angry, she was saddened. Many in our church are angry about what what they see in the world, about the injustice that, that they see is happening in the black community. Uh, many are angry, and and as a result, uh, many have, among other things, uh, taken to the the streets and peaceful protests, uh, seeking uh, justice and, and government reform. And I believe those things are important. Are, are, import, are important. Are uh, important. You know, uh, uh, we we know that uh, the government reform and and just laws. Uh, can lead to the restraining of evil. And that's important. We need to do that. Uh, you know, we know Christians that 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 protest abortion. And uh, if you do it the right way, it, it could bring some change. We know we know women that have changed their mind and, and 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 didn't have an abortion because of a peaceful protester out there pleading with them and even sharing the gospel. And 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 lives have been and and so we need we need peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to seek government reform. We need we need police reform. Uh, we need just laws, and all, all those things can lead to the restraining of, the, and, uh, of evil. And I one thing that I've been challenged about is I need to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, more uh, more about how to engage uh, in, in that way to bring those uh, mm-hmm. uh, those reforms.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: But however, as Christians, we must must not lose sight that new reforms and just laws will never change the heart of the problem, Mm -hmm. namely the sinful heart of man. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And if I may, can I I share a quote from uh, Daniel Henderson? (laughs) I mentioned that that, uh, I've been reading his book again. Uh, the, prayer that God, the prayer that God loves to answer. And it's about the wisdom from above. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we need that wisdom from above to be able to sow seeds of peace
3: mm.
2: uh, in this time. And in that, uh, in, in that book, he writes, human efforts to create peace always have and always will fail because no man-made solutions can remove sin. True and lasting peace required required the father's chastisement of our sin through the substitutionary death of his perfect son. Forgiveness and transformation of our rebel hearts is now ours in Christ. Permanent, holy ceasefire prevails. Reconciliation of our lives back to God and one another flow from the supernatural source of his life in our blood-washed hearts. This was the only way to provide real and lasting peace. And so one thing that, uh, once again, that, that, that I'm challenged about is that I, I, we need as a church to participate in things like peaceful protests and seeking uh, government reform, but at the same time never losing sight uh, then none of those things could change the heart of man, only only the gospel of Jesus Christ and so our our, our marching orders, the church's marching orders haven 't changed. We need to mm-hmm. preach the gospel like mm-hmm. never before mm-hmm. and and we need to preach the gospel as credible witnesses, and we 're not going to be credible witnesses if we're not a united church
3: mm.
2: and uh, and so that's been my burden as well because there's so much a disagreement about how how to process these things, what the problems really are, what the solutions really are from a societal standpoint, and that's creating uh, division. And I think that having these kind of conversations and listening and helping one another to know how to to help bring change is is what the church needs. Rather than being divided over these things, we need to be coming together and working together. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, that's such a good word. Um, and, and I think what comes to my mind too, all the more important to know what, what are the unchanging truths that we can unite around no matter what perspective, you know, uh, background and culture, ethnicity, and certainly those things inform our, our, our values, our interpretation of, of God's truth and our, or rather its application. But, um, I think, uh, you know, a six, four, pastors and pastors committed to prayer in the ministry of the word how how do those commitments right now how are those how is that helping equip you as pastors to really be about addressing the the core cause and not just attacking the symptoms of what we see and and recognizing what they are and they're important and we feel the weight of those things but how to how how does the the commitment to prayer and the ministry of the Word help us stay in the fight for the long haul and to continue this conversation?
1: Me, prayer and the ministry of the Word, it keeps me grounded, grounded, and it gives me hope. Hmm. You know, if I can just read some scriptures here, because, you know, I have talked to my son, I'm talking to a lot of the youth, and some of them are saying, Pastor, where is God? Hmm. How come God is letting this happen? You know, I, I think sometimes their questions are, are, are harder to answer than it helps. And when we look at scripture, you know, um, you know this is what, you know, God says, you know, Zechariah 7, 9. Long ago, I gave these commands to my people. You must see that justice is done mm-hmm. and must show kindness and mercy to one another. Mm-hmm. So we know that God... God is about God of justice. Um, and a lot of times I have heard people say that justice is political. No, justice is the sovereignty of God. Justice is a kingdom principle. Um, Isaiah 61.8, I, the Lord, love justice, but I hate robbery and injustice. My people, I promise to reward you with an e- eternal agreement. Amos 5.24, but let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. Mm -hmm. We know our God is a God of justice. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we see injustice that's going on, if we are ambassadors for Christ, Mm -hmm. then God is saying, hey, I need you to go in the showroom. What does justice look like? Mm -hmm. What does it look like? what does it look like when everything inside of you is saying, and I'm just going to be real, I just want to punch somebody upside their head because people are angry. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, why do we have to be peaceful? Nobody else is peaceful. Mm -hmm. But just like, um, you know, Pastor Marco said, we are representing God. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Jesus said in John 16, um, um, 33, we know the scripture, I have told you these things so that you may have is the word peace so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Another translation says tribulation. Another translation said trials and sorrows, but take heart, take heart, don't worry about it. Relax because I have overcome the world. And then how Jesus told the disciples how to pray. He said, our father was in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here here we go, thy kingdom come, Mm -hmm. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we have a mandate of the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. That's every believer, it doesn't matter your title, It doesn't matter, you know, if you're in ministry in the church or not in ministry, as long as you are saying that you are a Christian, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Now, is it going to be easy? No, it's not. Because we are emotional beings. Yeah. Um, Yes. I was angry, you know, because is my son going to make it, you know, to be 20, 21 or 22? I don't know. You know, and, you know, um, Mr. Markle, he talked about government reform and police reform. I'm all for that. But my whole thing is, being um, a former correction officer, I have taught classes on diversity. I have taught classes on sensitivity. We have laws on the books already. But, But here's the thing. If the law is on the book and the person is not, you know, doing what he or she is supposed to do person that's over them, are they going to adhere to the law? So now if a person that's committing the crime is racist and the person that they answer to is racist, then how are these police reforms going to be carried out You know, with justice? Mm. And so the, the thing is, to keep it together you, you have to rely on the word of God, you have to pray, mm. because when you pray, God gives you his peace you know, he gives you his mind, you know, what does he want to be done in this terrible situation? And then we have to think of, you know, what, what Jesus is, you know, when he was on the cross, and he, he said, Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. Know that what they do. I mean, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so the ministry of reconciliation means that, you know, yes, I'm, um, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm hurting. I'm angry. I'm upset. Yes, I am. Mm. And do I fear for my son's life? Sure I do. Do I fear for mine as well? Not as much because, you know what, I have a badge I can show them. I know how to speak to them. You know, but I have to tell my son, well, don't wear this when you go outside. Don't wear this. Don't wear this color. Do this. Make sure your phone is charging. And and so Mm. it's like a daily thing that we have to do. And you know what? You do get tired. Mm. But here's the thing. We must continuously trust in God because Hebrews ten twenty three, we can trust God to keep his promise. And in the midst of chaos and the midst of discrimination and in the midst of racism, we can still trust God. Mm-hmm. Amen.
3: Mm-hmm. Amen. That's such
1: a good word.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 Pastor, Pastor Marco, would you add a couple of moments Do you want to, sh- I mean, that idea of how to, how does prayer and the ministry of the word for you and, uh, how how is that grounding you as a pastor in this, this important work and staying in the fight and continuing this vital conversation? Amen,
3: amen.
2: So one of the things that, that we've been talking about today and that I've been sharing is the power of God's love. Mm-hmm. That when we know God's love and we're secure in God's love, then we'll be able to love our neighbors in a sacrificial way. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to love like Christ loved us. And uh, for that to happen, uh, there needs to be a heart change, and uh, and the church uh, needs to to grow in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the apostle Paul in Philippians chapter one verse nine uh, wrote, "And it is my prayer that your love may abound more mm-hmm. and more." And, and that's been my prayer, and that's why I love Acts six four. Mm-hmm. Uh, We understand that prayer is more than just giving God a Christmas list. Uh, We believe in scripture fed, worship based, spirit led prayer. I love what uh, Daniel Henderson says that uh, that prayer is intimacy with God that leads to the fulfillment of his purposes.
3: Mm.
2: And now more than ever, we need to teach our people how to pray. Yes. And God has their attention. Yeah. And so we need to teach them how to pray. And and one of the things that I'm praying for, I'm praying for love. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that, that our church increases and abounds mm-hmm. uh, in love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once again, we, we, we need to seize this momentum that we have and, and pray like never before, mm-hmm. but pray about what's on God's
3: heart.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and certainly, uh, being a united church, sowing seeds of peace, uh, is what it's what's on his heart uh, today. Yep. Loving like Jesus, yep. uh, taking the gospel. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I also uh, uh, what I'm also burdened about is that uh, we need we need we need to take it to the streets. Mm. Yeah, we need to take it to the streets you know, the, 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 uh, even people in the world who are lost who are who are angry about the injustice, they're taking it to the streets. Mm-hmm. And as the church, mm-hmm. we got to take it to the streets too. We have to take mm-hmm. the love of Christ uh, to the street. Something that's happening in, in our community, uh, even before this, this, this current crisis because of the COVID and we weren't able to meet as a, as a, as a church, that forced us to pray and to seek creative ways that we could impact the community. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we did was a uh, was a mass prayer drive. Uh, <laughs> our church has a, a, a large parking lot on a very busy street, and so uh, some of our people were standing in the middle of this busy street with signs that stay with signs that say "stop for prayer" and a free mask, <laughs> and and. Listen, not only is, is God getting the attention of the church, but there's people in the world. God's getting their attention. Hmm. And we've prayed for more people on one Saturday in our community than we prayed the entire 2019.
3: Hmm. Hmm. People
2: were driving into our parking lot for prayer, not for mass. Many were driving into our, our, our parking lot for prayer. Uh, we, we were able to pray with many people people in our community weep with them. Uh, many of that came into our parking lot were, were just grieved, we're, were afraid uh, because of ju- just because of the, the COVID pat- pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so we we learn we learn a new thing. We never did that before. And and we're gonna con- we're gonna continue. We're not gonna stop doing that. We're gonna mm-hmm. continue every Saturday morning we're gonna we're gonna pray for our community we're gonna hold up signs on that on that busy street, encouraging people to, to mm-hmm. come into our parking lot, so we could pray for them, love on them. Uh, we want to do other things besides mass. We we're thinking about food uh, distribution for people in our community, a way to show them the love of Christ, and hoping that opens up the door to also share the the love of Christ, the gospel. We we've had people get saved and and recent weeks do this. Uh, do this, uh, taking it to the streets. Mm. I also know churches in our in our in our community, and I'm sure you're experiencing it and and in, uh, in your neck of the woods uh, that are taking it to the streets, helping mm-hmm. businesses yes. that have been uh, looted and helping them clean up. Mm-hmm. And what a way to, to show the the love of Christ. Yeah too many Christians think that church is about coming to, coming to church here and the preacher preach and go home. And and Mm -hmm. we can't, you know, we, we, I'm sure you've all heard this, but you know, we've had people talking about, you know, things going back to normal. I don't want things to go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's time for us to, to be the church. Yeah. And, and we got to, as the church, we got to hit the streets we got to yeah. we got to we got to show the love of Christ like never before, mm-hmm. and to do that because we can't do that in our own power. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not that's not of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our flesh can't love that way. We can only yeah. love that way in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's why we have to pray. We have to yeah. pray like never before, and yeah. we have to pray about what's on God's heart. Mm-hmm. What's on God's heart?
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> there's yeah there's so many more things that are coming to to my mind in this conversation and um but i i have been so encouraged um, by the, the at least the presence of the church um, I know it was certainly it was, you've seen that in Chicago Marco have you seen that in in new york uh, city wilton uh, but being you know just miles away um, from where George floyd was murdered and um, the presence of the church in the twin cities has been remarkable and the amount of prayer, um, that has been, uh, you know, from all over the place and across denominations. And this is such a crucial, crucial moment. Um, and really to display that supernatural unity and love and really become a part of an answer to the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. And, um, you know, really, uh, you know, when you look at kind of practical steps, just kind of moving forward from here, you know, I, I know at least for me, so three things the Lord's impressed upon my heart is that it's, you know, uh, it's always, it's easy to kind of freeze. Like, I don't know what to do and how to fight that freeze by just taking some practical steps forward. And that for me, it's to pray something, uh, say something and 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 do something every day. And so in other words, pray up, speak up and show up. You know, I can't pray everything, but I can I can pray in a, in a focused way. And for me, I've personally, I set aside a time at nine twenty five PM each night. Um, and the reason why that time was, was it was on uh, uh, 9 25 PM that when George Floyd was taken from an ambulance from the murder scene to the local hospital, that's when he was pronounced dead. And it struck me that when that happened, I was after I put the kids to bed at night and I, my wife and I were sitting in the comfort of our own home, and this was happening just miles away from my home. And, um, that, I, that I, I, so now that nine o'clock hour rolls around and we put our kids to bed and we just join hands. We open the word and we pray and we seek God's face and we're praying. That's just one way, you know, and then to to say something. Right. And I think this is a part Mm -hmm. of that, you know, it's, it's one thing to post some comments on social media and that's a good starting place, but to really enter into conversation. And for me saying something extra begins with listening and learning how to listen. Um, And then to do something, there's so many practical things uh, to do to step forward. And I love what you said, Pastor Marco, it's time to take it to the streets. It's time to enter in, to really not just have church, but be the church. And so um, what are just maybe lastly some, and before we conclude in just a, a brief moment of prayer, if you could just each briefly share, what are just some practical ways, especially we as pastors can all begin pursuing this path. We've talked about prayer in the ministry of the words. So we've already gone there, but how even going from those core commitments and priorities, what are some of the practical steps we can take that we can continue in this path of pursuit that results in real change and real cultural transformation?
1: You know, um, I like what you said, suggesting about nine o'clock and, you know, um, I like doing things in threes, you know, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you know, <laughs> spirit, soul, and body. And there's a couple of things that I want to say. What, um, what I'm doing with certain people in the church, and it's not church-wide yet, is Jesus hung on the cross from 9 to 3. Mm. So what we're doing, 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, certain people are praying. Mm. And we're praying for three specific things our nation, our community, and the church. Hmm. Those three things should, should basically coincide everything in the world. You know, we, we have to pray for the nation, you know, and inside the nation, there are communities and the communities, there's families, there's businesses, there's elected officials, and then we have the church and that's what we're doing. Um, Pastor Marco, just to reiterate on some things that you were saying, I've been in a, a three-part series on your blessing is in the deep. I'm speaking about when Peter, when God, Jesus told Peter to go into the deep. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Marco, you kept saying, you know, we have to do it God's way. Well, when Peter was fishing, and, and this is what Peter does, he, he, this is his vocation. He's good at this. catch anything. But that one word from God, that rhyme of word, allow him to catch something. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, is that I think us as pastors, we have to go into the deep and become uncomfortable. Mm
3: -hmm. That
1: Mm -hmm. means that stuff that we said that we wouldn't do. Well, you know what? I like what you said, Pastor Justin. Well, I never posted this on Facebook, but I'm going to do it now. Um, You know what? I really don't go to the police precinct and speak to them. I think I need to do that now. Mm -hmm. I don't talk to the councilman who's down the block or the senator who's up the block. I think I need to do that now mm-hmm. because they need to see the church's perspective on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so when there's outrage, how can the love of Christ, Pastor Marco, come in and help them to see another way of handling the situation? Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, sometimes God takes you out of the shallow into the deep, bless you and bless the people. And we know that scripture in Luke chapter five, is that when Peter went into the deep, other people were blessed. Mm. And so I I, I really think it's time, like you said, Pastor Marco, for the church to take it to the street. Since we all have the ministry of reconciliation, stop saying that I I can't be part of outreach because I'm in the children's ministry. Well, I can't do the outreach today Mm. because I'm on a choir. I can't do the outreach because I'm an usher. No, 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 no. We all have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That's what God has given us. And it is up to the church, the body, to take it to the street and to show the love and mercy and the compassion of Jesus Christ. So that means that, like I said, Pastor Marco, we have to come out of ourselves. So now it's not about you. This is bigger than us. This is global outrage. And I feel that this is the time. This is a perfect time for the church to show the love and mercy for Jesus Christ. This is almost mm-hmm. like a, um, a perfect storm. You know, we had this pandemic going on, and we had this injustice perfect. going on. It's, it's like a perfect storm for Jesus Christ to step in and say, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And since we are ambassadors for Christ, wherever we go, we are Jesus' representatives on earth. We are Jesus' representatives in a hostile situation. And, you know, so I think um, I know for me, um, I have been talking to um, elected officials for years. Um, I emailed some of them. I messaged them. I said, hey, um, how do you need me to help? How do you need our church to help?
3: Hmm.
1: We just did something a couple of weeks ago. We're getting ready to do something else. And just to say, you know what? We are here as a church body. I'm here as a pastor. My church is available what do you need us to do? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
0: awesome. Amen. That's great. Amen. Pastor Marco, do you have any final um, just yes. thoughts of just practical steps?
2: Um, yeah, I talk in threes too. By the way,
0: I guess we all if we all went to seminary, we all we all got to you know. And kind of, I didn't even go to seminary. We caught, we caught that alliteration at well, this nature of being a pastor. I guess we just have to do it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, what are your three steps to transformation? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got, I got yeah. three and a
2: poem. And, and a poem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. And so, no, really. Uh, and and one of them I already I already mentioned is that we need to pray for love. We need yeah. to pray for love because what we need right now is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we need a we need a we need a, a supernatural. Uh, work of God in our hearts so that we might display Christ's love to the world. Mm. We can't love the world the way that we need to love the world right now in our own power. We need to seek God's face.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And and so I'm well aware of that. And and I'm once again, and I think the church is waking up to that fact too. And if we start praying, God's going to do something. Mm. And then also, Not only do we we need to pray for love, but we need to provoke one another to love and good works. Mm. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And the interesting thing is that in those verses, it talks about not neglecting to meet together, which which has been the challenge. Yeah. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. Pastor Wilton talked about that perfect storm. So, all Mm -hmm. this happened, this crisis happened when we're not able to meet together to provoke one another unto love and good works. Mm. And so we need, to, we need to do that like never before,
3: mm.
2: uh, to, to stir up one another, to, to display the love of Christ. Mm. And so we need to pray for love. We need to provoke one another unto love and good works. And then we need to perform acts of love.
3: Mm. Uh,
2: the apostle John said in first John chapter three, that we need to love not just in word, mm. but in deed and, and in truth. And we need to perform acts of love. We need mm-hmm. to we need to share the gospel. I, I love what Pastor Milton said. We gotta come out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh and uh the streets are not our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is coming to church on Sunday morning and and singing and hearing the choir and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. But we gotta be the church. Mm-hmm. We gotta be the church. Yeah. We gotta perform acts yeah. of love and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Can I share a quick not not a poem, but a testimony? Yeah, <laughs> uh, because because we cannot lose confidence in the power of the gospel to change hearts. Mm. That's right. We, we we can't lose confidence. I mean, Pastor Wilton said it. Pastor Wilton said it just a moment ago. We can have more reform, more reform, more reform, but if men's hearts don't change, mm. and only the gospel can change men's hearts, and and so. Uh, as you know, four of my sons are police officers, uh, and uh, my brother's a police officer, I'm a, and I was a police officer for, for 20 years. Uh, my brother has two sons that are police officers, and uh, we can have our own show. And I think I mentioned my sister is a, a detective, and uh, I mentioned that uh, just to, to demonstrate something. That uh, several years ago, uh, we were out. We were out on the streets doing uh, street evangelism, and uh, my brother, who's a police officer, uh, uh, ran into a, a young man who was 19 years old, uh, and and uh, and he was a, a hardcore gang banger. And uh, and I know what a hardcore gang banger is. He was a hardcore gang banger, an enforcer in his gang. And my brother ran into him uh, I'm going to share this real quickly, but, but my brother ran into him on, on a sidewalk and uh, just to make a long story short, uh, my brother also happened to know somebody that he knew, which gave them a little connection there to talk and my brother shared the gospel with him, just shared the gospel with him and and uh, that young man later said he had never heard the gospel presented in that way he had never saw the cross, the way that my brother presented the cross. He had never heard about the love of Jesus in that way, that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for his sin and that there was no sin that, that the grace of God could not, uh, could not uh, forgive. And, uh, and so that young man, his name is Freddie Loriano. Uh, that night uh, he couldn't get the, he couldn't get the the cross out of his mind. He couldn't get the seeds of the gospel that my brother planted in his heart out of his mind. But he didn't think there was any hope for him to change because he was in the gang. You can't just, you can't just leave the gang in Chicago. And he was an enforcer in the gang and he just didn't see a way out. And, but he prayed this. He said, God, if there's any hope for me, you have to, you have to do a miracle because I just don't see a, a way out. And, and so for the next two weeks, that young man's world turned, turned upside down. Uh, there's just so many things happened. And uh, those two weeks culminated where, uh, where he, he, uh, he was in a, in a police chase, where police officers were, were, were uh, pursuing him and his vehicle, because he had just committed a crime. And uh, he bailed out of his car in the middle of, of a rival, rival gang neighborhood. He ran down a gangway and into somebody's, into somebody's house through to a back door. <laughs> and, and he raised his hands up and says, please, please help me. Uh, somebody's trying to kill me. And uh, that family had compassion or fear for him. I can't remember which one it was. And they let him hide out there for a minute but he was able to make it home. And when he got home, he went into his bedroom and uh, the weight of his sin just, just fell on his shoulders and he began to weep. This is, this young man was a hardcore gangbanger that done, that that, that committed many, many atrocities and, uh, and the weight of his sin just, just fell upon him. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only thing he could think of was to tell his, his sister-in-law who lived in that apartment, who knew my brother, asked her to call my brother. And so she called my brother uh, and uh, told my brother that this young man was calling out for him and he was weeping uncontrollably and couldn't stop. So my brother called me and asked me, told me about what was going on and asked me to join him because he was gonna go visit this young man. And and uh, and so I agreed. And so he lived in a in a very tough neighborhood in the city of Chicago, one of the toughest neighborhoods. And so we went packing our Bibles and our guns, all right, <laughs> to this neighborhood. And uh, and so, long story short, we we ended up in his bedroom, and we began to, to pray for him and share the gospel with him. And uh, and I'm telling you. I had never experienced what I experienced that day. There seemed to be such a a, a fight for his soul, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there was a lot of confused confusion we really couldn't get through. There was just so much confusion going on and and it, and it felt demonic the confusion that he was under and I'm trying to make a long story short and so my brother and I, two Chicago police officers, got on our knees and we prayed for God to give this young man clarity of heart. If there was some kind of demonic activity going on to, to defeat it so that we can share the gospel with him. And we were, and, and uh, by the time he got done praying, he was sitting on, on his bed and more calmer. We shared the gospel with him. He got saved. And that was, that was several years ago. Uh, today. He's one of the most trusted men in our church. He's been an elder at our church uh, he works for Commonwealth Edison. He has six children that love the Lord. Wow. Uh, they, they're, they're part of the worship team, uh, to two of his children, Trophies of Grace. And there's so much more that I can share about, wow. about that.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, just
2: one more thing. Uh, he, yes. was, uh, he was fighting a, a, a case at that time uh, because he he was an enforcer in uh, his gang and and he was arrested for, for, for possessing an unlawful law, weapon. And uh, six months after he got saved, he came to me and he told me that he had been in court fighting a case because of this gun charge and that he was facing five years in prison because he had a rap sheet. And he had taken it to trial and he had a couple of uh, witnesses from, from the old neighborhood that were testifying on his behalf but the testimony was a lie. They were, they were saying that the, the police officers planted the gun on him, but that wasn't true. And so he came to me and he confessed all this to me. And he says, what should I do? And, and I said, I said, Freddie, uh, I'm going to pray for you. But I think the right thing for you to do is just throw yourself at the mercy of God and, and the mercy of the court. And, and um, this is a long story. And, and that's what he did. And uh, we prayed for him. And uh, he decided to, to, to plead guilty to, for, for a lesser charge. And uh, the judge and the state's attorney and everybody involved agree, agreed to give a boot camp, which to us, that was an answer of prayer. And to him, that was an answer of to prayer, yeah. too,
3: yeah.
2: because he was facing five years in prison. And then the judge also told them that he didn't have to turn himself in for 30 days. And for 30 days, he kept coming to church. By the way, he was bringing fellow gang members, of the church, just so many things are going on. And, uh, and, and anyhow, the, the, the Sunday before he was to turn himself in, we had like a celebration for him because of just what God had done in his life. And we're so so blessed by the transformation. And, uh, and my brother read a testimony uh, on his behalf. And then on Monday morning, he called my brother again, just like he, he contacted him when he, when he got saved. And he asked my brother if he could drop him off at court because he had, he had nobody to take him. And he was going to turn himself in that day. So my brother calls me again, and we both end up taking him to court.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
2: we decided to wait. So we're sitting in the, in the courtroom uh, waiting for his case to be called. His, face was, his case was finally called. And at the last minute, my brother gave Freddie the testimony that he had read in church and asked Freddie to give it to the judge, which that happened. When the judge called his case and, and he went up there so that the judge could pronounce the sentence yeah. uh, through, through Freddie's lawyer, this testimony was presented to him.
1: <laughs> Amen. And,
2: and, uh, and, and the judge reads it, which was kind of miraculous that he would do that. And, and so he read it and then he stops and he says, are these two police officers in the courtroom right now? Now, Pastor Wilton would know this. That we're really not supposed to re- rep, you know, be representing, or you know, uh, somebody that has a rap sheet like him, a felon, and uh, and that wouldn't look good neither in front of our fellow officers who, who normally right. are in the courtroom. And uh, but I, I can honestly tell you that we were blinded to all that. Mm-hmm. We were blinded to all that. And so I look at my brother. Uh, because the judge says, because the the Lord said yes, they're they're here. These two officers are here in the courtroom, and he says, "Well, I want to pass the case because I want to talk to." Him. And so, a few minutes later, my brother and I are standing before the judge,
1: raising <laughs> our right
2: hand and being sworn in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, basically, we were just we were able we were just able to share what God had done in this young man's life. How the Lord had transformed his life. We shared that uh, I didn't get the chance to tell you this, but. There was a, a, a there was a, 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 a time where, where Freddie came to us with an ak 47 that used to belong to him, an AK47 and uh, and gave it to us, and my my brother turned it into his watch commander as an anonymous turn. and so we shared that story with the judge uh, and, uh, and so, after he heard all that after he heard my testimony, my brother's testimony, he turned to Freddie and said, Freddie, you have anything to say before I pass judgment? And Freddie said, no. Later on, Freddie said, things were going so good, I didn't want to mess anything up. (laughs) And and so basically what happened was that the judge changed the sentence from boot camp to uh, intense probation. And when he did that, he said, if these two police officers officers were willing to stick their necks out for this young man, yeah. so am I. And he let him walk out of the courtroom. And, uh, you know, I, I shared that testimony once at, a, at a, another ministry, a prison ministry. And, uh, and I said, you know, we were blinded to all the other things that could have happened because we were there, you know, representing him. And somebody shouted out, you were blinded by love.
3: Mm-hmm. You are blinded
2: by love. And that's true. It's true. Mm. We were blinded by the love of Christ. What Christ had done for us, mm. the forgiveness and the grace that God had mm. demonstrated us mm. uh, was oh. so very real. And because of the love of Christ that, that we that we know, brothers and sisters, yeah, uh, is what compels us to. That's right. That's to, to love others in a sacrificial way. I, I share that testimony because we need to be confident in the power of God's love and in the power of the gospel to change the heart of man, even the most vile of sinners. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the love of God in our lives, we would be in the same boat. That's right.
0: That's right. Wow. Marco, thank you for, that is such an incredible testimony and um, so fitting as a part of this conversation and just that charge um, to, to, to be confident in the power of the gospel and um, the love that constrains us right um, towards that God, that ministry of reconciliation that we have as ambassadors for Christ. And um, I would love to continue this conversation. It's been so rich, but I, I um, in our final minutes, um, I want to just, first of all, thank you both uh, pastor Wilton and pastor Marco for taking the time uh, to be a part of this conversation for this conversation to help equip and mobilize other conversations uh, for all those that are, are listening and just to offer your perspectives and um, your hope, your encouragement, your honesty, your authenticity. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful. And I know those that would be watching this can be a huge blessing uh, to them as well. And so um, as we close, would, would, would each of you just, just briefly pray um, for us. And I mean, even that story of Freddie, that that would be multiplied during this season and um, that, you know, and then, so for you to, could you begin us Marco and then uh, pastor Wilton uh, to end our time after that?
2: Heavenly father, we, we thank you so much for your love that you demonstrated in Christ
3: Mm.
2: when he Came into this world, humbled himself. Came into this world, lived a life that we couldn't live. To die the, the death that we deserve to die. Rose again to prove that He has the power to to save us, to transform our lives. Father, I thank you. Thank you for how Your grace transformed my life. Oh, when I think about where I would be if You hadn't saved me. Uh, Jesus becomes even more precious to me. And so, Lord, I thank you for, for your grace in my life. Lord, I thank you for your unfailing love. Lord, thank you for the security and the hope yes. that we have. And knowing that, that you love us. And knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. Knowing that there's nothing we can do to make you love us more. There's nothing that we can do to make you love us less. Lord, you love us you're a good, good father. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. And God, I pray as Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter three, that you would strengthen us with might by your spirit and our inner man, that we might know your love in a deeper way, God. I pray that for myself, Lord. I pray that for Pastor Justin and Pastor Wilton and their churches, oh God, that, that there will be a powerful move of your spirit God, that you would work in our hearts to strengthen us, Lord, by your might, that we might know the depths of Christ's love, oh God. And as we are gripped and and overwhelmed and and awestruck by your love, Father, I pray that your love would overflow in our lives and compel us, Lord.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Compel us, Lord, Mm -hmm. as we've been talking about today, Lord, to hit the streets, Father, Yes. Uh, to, to come out of our comfort zone, as Pastor Wilton said, Lord, come mm. out of our comfort zone Lord, comfort yes. zone, and, and, and take risks and, and, and take risks to love people, oh God. Lord, give us boldness to preach the gospel, Lord. Oh, Father, give us your heart. God, help us to see the world through your eyes, Lord. Help us, Father. God, I think about how Jesus, when he looked upon Jerusalem uh, yes. and was moved yes. with compassion because they were helpless and mm-hmm. harassed sheep without a shepherd. Lord, give us that heart of compassion, Lord, uh, that moves us, oh God, to, to action, to preach the gospel, Lord. Father, help us. Help us to be a light, Lord. Help your church to be a light in this in this dark world. Father, help us to stay united. Father, help us to, to, uh, to be wise, Lord, and not to mm-hmm. fall for the for the schemes of the enemy who wants to who wants to divide us, Lord. Mm. We're gonna disagree. The church is gonna disagree about different things, but God give us wisdom from above so that when we when we disagree, we can we, we don't have to be so dis- disagreeable and, and, and get angry and, and mm. hostile and divide, Lord. But help us, Lord, to disagree in a peaceful way. God help mm. us to learn from one <laughs> another and to sharpen one another and to provoke one another unto love. And good works, Father, help your church yes. to be united, Father, and mm-hmm. and 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 sharing the good news and being the light, God, in this dark world, Father. I pray in Jesus' name. Yes, God.
1: Mm-hmm. All the Psalm seventeen six says, "I am praying to you because I know you will answer." Yes, oh God, mm-hmm. oh God. Oh, God, bend down and listen as I pray. Mm. Father, we don't have all the answers. Mm. We do not have all the answers, Lord. Mm. Because everybody has a different answer on how to deal with this pandemic of racism and discrimination. Father, just like Jesus, when he... Rolled the donkey into Jerusalem. Jerusalem is called the city of peace. Isn't it funny how Jesus had to ride into something called peace? Because no matter what you name something without Jesus, Mm -hmm. it really can't be what it has been named. Mm -hmm. He didn't come in on a horse for war. He rolled in on a donkey for
3: peace.
1: Mm -hmm. He is the prince of peace. And so, Lord, in the midst of this global outrage, and yes, Lord, people are outraged, they're angry. I pray, Lord God, in the midst of everything that is happening, Lord God, from A to Z, that some way, somehow, Lord God, your peace will permeate that situation.
3: Hmm.
1: Because, God, we really don't know what to do. Because hmm. if we did, this situation would have been dealt with a long time ago. Hmm. Father, I pray just like prayer. Prayer is a two-way conversation. And as you said in Isaiah, come, let us reason together. I pray, Lord God, that we would be able to sit down and listen to each other. Mm. The word says in a multitude of counselors, there's wisdom, there's safety. Mm. And I think we all need to sit down and just listen. Mm. Listen to the good, listen to the bad, listen to the indifference. Mm -hmm. Just listen. And I believe that once we listen, that we will be able to come up with a solution. God, every problem is screaming for a solution. But God, every problem has a starting point. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we need the wisdom. We need the love, the mercy of Jesus Christ to help us. Because, Lord, if we were capable of doing that, humanity would not be in the mess that it's in now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, Lord, I ask, in the name of Jesus, that as your people will humble themselves and pray,
3: mm-hmm.
1: God, that's what we need to do, because you can't pray without being humble. Mm-hmm. And God, mm-hmm. we, the church, we need to turn away from some things also.
3: Mm-hmm. And yes. I told
1: you. We're not totally innocent in this. Mm -hmm. All of us has a little bit of guilt that's involved in this. God, Mm -hmm. we need you. Lord, I need you. Yes, God. I believe Marcus and Justin, we need you too, because God, we, oh God, on a bad day, we might not represent you the way that we're supposed to. And so Lord, today, in the name of Jesus, God, I am asking you for mercy. I'm asking you for insight from your throne of grace, Lord. Yes God. I'm asking you for supernatural insight on how to handle this situation, because it is much bigger than, than we are, Lord. Mm. We've been dealing with this year after year, decade after decade with God. And so Lord, I can confess sometimes that I don't even know what to do.. Mm. But Lord, I believe that when we lean on your understanding and not our own, I believe when we come to the table and sit down and talk with each other, not fight with each other, but sit down and talk, let's Mm -hmm. listen to each other. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't listen. Before people finish their sentence, we're responding, no, no, let us listen.
3: Mm -hmm. And I
1: believe in the listening, God. I believe that there's an answer in the listening. And so, Lord, help yeah. us to be quick to hear yeah. and slow to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes. Lord, Lord, we need you. Yes.
2: Yes. We are Lord. in
1: desperate need. Earth is in desperate need of we need heaven's intervention. We need you, Lord. Yes. So, Lord, we need you. Yeah. We need you, Lord, because we do not... Have all the answers, but Lord, I pray that as we seek Your face in prayer, as we mm. read Your Word, God, I know that You will give us an answer. Mm. So, Lord, we thank You for this time. Thank You for allowing us to to speak, mm. and we just bless Your name. Yes, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, brothers, so much.
2: Thank you, brothers. And yeah, a privilege to be with you. you.
3: Yeah, this really okay. was. This was an honor.
2: Okay.